You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, Pack underscore data. Well, lots to talk about today, and I figure we might as well start with the old injury report. As per usual, the Green Bay Packers have a pretty extensive one. Tampa Bay, probably larger than our normal opponent, but uh, about half the size of the Green Bay Packers. However, most of these guys are not participating, which is pretty massive. Carlton Davis hasn't practiced all week. William Golston, defensive tackle, hasn't practiced all week. Chris Godwin, the wide receiver, Hasn't practiced all week. Ryan Neal, free safety. Zach Triner, their long snapper. Vita Vea, uh, defensive tackle. Um, And then Devin White didn't practice on Wednesday. Did practice on Thursday, so he's probably good. Jamel Dean also limited Wednesday, full Thursday. So they actually have probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, compared to one, two, three, four. Yeah, so they have more people not practicing. We have more people overall injured. As far as our injury report, it is as follows, and we'll get into the specifics, but it's Jair, A.J. Dillon, Kingsley, and Igbari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, T.J. Slayton, Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks. There is some relative good news here. Let's get to the, the bad news first. Elton Jenkins went from limited with a shoulder injury on Wednesday to not participating on Thursday, obviously going in the wrong direction there. However, Jair has been limited all week. He's been out on the field. I don't, I mean, this is relatively normal. He was limited all week last week and didn't play, but it's, it's looking relatively promising. And I do want to talk a little bit more about Jair because I saw an article came out and just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, some other positives, Aaron Jones um, has been limited all week. Again, doesn't really mean anything. Aaron Jones has been limited a lot this year and hasn't played in many of those games, but Again, looking promising, trending in the right direction. Jaden Reed, a lot of talk about him, um, potential concussion, et cetera, et cetera, ankle injury. Looks like he's doing pretty well. He is limited in practice, but he is out there running routes and whatnot, which is fantastic to see. And maybe the biggest is Dontavian Wicks. As I mentioned, I think yesterday, there was a lot of talk about Wicks. He even reported that his ankle's really messed up. Uh, He used different words, a lot of speculation about a high ankle sprain, potentially could be out multiple weeks. He went from not practicing on Wednesday to limited participation on Thursday. Again, that doesn't mean he's going to play this week, but I was not expecting him to be out there running routes in practice. 
just a couple days after it was speculated he was going to have a pretty serious ankle injury. So in totality, Jair was limited. Dylan did not participate with a thumb injury. He's been out all week, as I mentioned. I think yesterday I talked a little bit about the injuries. We are out of running backs at this point, essentially. Not literally, but, you know. Would be great to get Aaron Jones back. Um, Kingsley and Igbare, uh limited. Alton Jenkins, we talked about, didn't participate. Keyshawn Nixon, limited. Jonathan Owens, limited with a knee injury. Jaden Reed, limited um, ankle injury. Savage has not participated this entire week. Um, he's another guy that's been kind of in and out all year. Just, it's it's not a good thing for Savage. You know, you, you kind of really, you know that there needs to be some kind of a sizable jump here. Now, it's I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that he's gone. He's going to play somewhere. It's just a matter of where. You know, there's going to be a market price. He's going to be offered a range around that market price and you know that could potentially still be in green bay obviously the packers are going to look to improve but they're looking to improve in many places and safety might just not be in the cards but still in the grand scheme of things in terms of savage proving that he deserves to be here and that we really don't need to be looking elsewhere the injuries are piling up and when he plays although again it's not as bad as people make it out to be it's just not it's not good enough period especially when you start talking about a first-round pick. You know, I, I come down hard on TJ Slayton because I think Slayton and Savage are about on the same tier. Slayton is loved, Savage is hated. But Savage is also, what, a fifth-round pick? So, you know, you look at it, and in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's either you perform or you have to go, but um, obviously had higher expectations for Savage. I did. The fan base seemed to really think TJ Slayton was going to be something special. Still do, but whatever. Um, Eric Stokes, full participation. I have no idea the timeline for him and if and when he's coming back or whatever. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, Quay Walker didn't participate Wednesday. He's limited on Thursday. Christian Watson, hamstring, hasn't practiced all week. And then again, Wicks went from did not participate to limited participation. I did just want to touch briefly on the Jair thing. I saw that um, there was a little bit, not a ton, but um, I know there's been a lot of talk about Jair not really wanting to be with the team. Maybe we should trade him away. We played some of the audio or whatever. There was also news that came out, and I saw Matt Schneidman wrote an article about it, that Jair Alexander did not travel with the team last week against the Giants. Now, Matt Schneidman did not delve into the conspiracy territory, but I know how these things work. And again, there I haven't seen a huge dust-up of this, but I, I just want to bring it up anyways. Because I think that this can go in two different directions. I think if you're assuming that Jair is not really wanting to be a part of the team and the team is not really happy with Jair because we've seen this with other players right we've seen those situations where it's like they're not traveling with the team why well you know we just thought it was best for this that or the other whatever and it's because there's some kind of a serious problem so I could see how some people would take this as evidence Matt LaFleur came out and said well it's for his injury recovery but even still I think a lot of people can take that to mean, yes, I mean, it, you can say that. Of course, you're going to come up with some level of excuse, but I think it's damning that he didn't travel with the team. I think on the flip side, though, you can see it as a positive, and there's actually a parallel to this in the offseason, and that is when Jair chose not to show up for training camp, and immediately there's panic, like, oh no, is there are there problems? And he said, well, I just wanted to train away from this facility. I have a routine. I have a regimen. And so it kind of comes down to two things. Number one, all things being equal, obviously being there with your team is the best. 
But I also think this is just me taking what I think I know about Jair, because we're all just guessing. We're taking in information and we're processing it and we're seeing what comes out the other end. I looked at that information and I said, yeah, maybe. Here's what I think. I think Jair is such an intense competitor. He wanted to make sure he was doing the absolute best. He felt like what was over there was the best and what was over here was a little bit suboptimal. It's meant for like some of the younger guys. Yes, being with the team is great, but I want to be that elite player. And I respect that. And I kind of think the same thing here. Yes, he could travel with the team or he could stay home and work really hard on training so that he can recover so that he can come back and play as soon as is possible. So we can look at this as a negative and say now Jair is not even traveling with the team. Or we can look at it as a positive as Jair is a psychopath like a lot of other guys and his only goal is to be on that field and dominate. And he is working as hard as is humanly possible to make sure that he gets out there as a Packer to be the absolute best he can be. That's the tact I'm going to take. And again, that's essentially what Matt LaFleur said, but it doesn't really matter either way. Because again, even when things are bad, they come up with some level of excuse for why this had to happen other than he's a D-bag and he hates us and we hate him. As far as some of the quotes from the article, uh, Matt LaFleur says, just felt like it was the best for him in terms of trying to get his shoulder back, part of the recovery process. Alexander spoke to reporters last Friday, said it was strictly his shoulder keeping him sidelined. He was a thousand percent, wants to play. We already played that audio. Should probably also mention at the end of this, it does talk a little bit about Stokes. So essentially where we're at with Stokes is they um, brought him back from practice on November 27th, which is a Monday. That was the first time he came back. That day, the Packers, or it opened up a 21-day window in which you have to either activate him or shut him down for the rest of the season. That 21-day window ends on next Monday. So if he doesn't play this week, that next day is going to be kind of significant for the Packers and for Eric Stokes, because if we don't hear from him, he will, well, we're going to hear something. Either they're going to activate him or shut him down for the season, but... um that would put him back on track to play potentially for the Carolina Panthers, if nothing else. So if he's going to play, we're going to see him at the at the latest at the Carolina game. If we don't see him then, then more than likely he's been um, shut down for the season. So with all that said, it's entirely possible that we're looking at, uh, let's see, a wide receiver room that is what, Romeo Dobbs... Malik Heath and Samore Ture, probably Jaden Reed, but I would say it's unlikely we see Watson and Wicks, to be completely honest. Could be Wicks. I don't know. I doubt it. So that's rough. And then we got what? Rashid, Sean Ryan, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom. Tight ends, Tucker Craft, Ben Sims. Running backs, Patrick Taylor and nobody. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. We'll probably have Valentine and Valentine again. We'll be back to, uh, I don't know, Ford and Jonathan Owens, Devondre and McDuffie. Crazy times out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's all right, though, because, again, on the positive side, I'm not sitting here trying to win. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't be happy with it, but this isn't like most years where you're looking at it saying, obviously, the goal is a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it always is, but it's really not. It, it was never in the cards, let's put it that way. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, it's like, okay, what does this team look like when it's a healthier version of itself? Because it's 
definitely not usually this bad. And I know some of these guys are hurt a lot, like Christian Watson, but still, you got next year with a crew that is Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, and Musgrave, with Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. And, and believe me, we'll get to the part where we add some pieces, but let, just leaving that aside, you got the offensive line, which has been mostly healthy. You get Jair and Stokes back. I mean, it's just, it's just a better football team. And yes, then we also look at some additional pieces. And yes, I want to talk a little bit about that today. We'll save that for the end, though. With that said, why don't we take our first break, because I want to come back and talk a little bit about this whole Joe Barry situation. Uh, There's been a little bit of an explanation as to why it is one of our uh, cornerbacks was playing so far off, and so I want to talk about that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So for the sake of context, I want to play Matt LaFleur talking about this issue. Then I want to play Joe Barry talking about this issue. Because the biggest thing, honestly, that I want to discuss is kind of the way that they answer the question that annoys the living hell out of me. 
talked about it a little bit, but um, since we have official answers from the head coach and the defensive coordinator, let's start with that and then we'll expand on it. When you look at the final defensive series, what do you see that you didn't see in real time and what do you kind of wish you guys had done differently? Well, I mean, you wish you would have stopped them. Um, it, you know, like the first couple plays, they hit two checkdowns. You know, you, you, you're, you're fine with that. And then we're playing, Joe called man coverage, and we're playing way off, which we shouldn't be in that situation. We called another man coverage. That's when we got beat on that, that seven cut. We just got to be better with our eyes. And you can't be peeking in the backfield, and you got to keep your eyes on your work. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't, and we got gashed. That ultimately uh, did us in. Were the corners playing off by their own choice, or just was that the call? Um, that is something that we're going to have to get corrected, Bill. So uh, that is, we, we if we're calling man, we got to be we got to be tighter. Hey Joe, um, if there's, I mean, we've learned a few things about you in our three years with you, but one of them is you're not a throw your guys under the bus guy. So I get that. I just want to understand on the third play of the go-ahead field goal drive. You know, Matt's talking about how we can't play that far off. So is that a call or is that a young player not going where he's supposed to be? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was, first of all, it was an eight-yard gain. You know, so I don't want to make, you know, a mountain out of a mountain. But um, ultimately in that situation, and I love, you know, I try to um, be as forthright with you guys all the time. In two-minute drills, as we've talked about together in here, there, there's different types of two-minute drills. Um, and there's very rarely in a two-minute is it truly no huddle running clock. Um, everyone always thinks the two-minute drill is, is hectic and crazy and on the ball going fast. There's periods of two minutes that are. Now, that specific play was a running clock. Um, and from a mindset standpoint, you know, they, they needed a field goal. So you do have to be a little bit more aggressive with your calls in those situations compared to when a team needs a touchdown to beat you. Again, along those lines, from a defense perspective and a running clock, the hardest position to get the call is the corner that's on the furthest side of the field. It's easy if you're playing corner on our sideline. We can yell at them, we can signal. The hardest player to get the call in a running clock two minute is the corner on the far side of the field. CV did not get the call. So from a mindset standpoint, he's like, hey, I'm gonna play off, I'm gonna play safe, you know, I'm gonna keep everything in front of me. And he gave up a, you know, an eight yard out route. But, um, so again, I think those are those are things that you know we practice two minute every single week. Um, but that was that's something that I have to help him from an educational standpoint, um, from a stressing standpoint. Hey, in a running clock two minute, if you're that guy on the far side of the field, you got to see the signal. It has to get communicated across the board to him. Um, now, I think he actually did probably the smartest thing where he didn't have the call. He's like, hey, I'm going to play off. I'm going to keep everything in front of me. If I give up a seven or eight yard, you know, outcut in a two minute, it's not the end of the world. But um, those are all things, you know, you went back to, I think that's, you know, in the, 
in the education and the growth of a young guy, you know, I, I think that's something that he learned from. So to be very clear, as far as the question of in that specific situation, did Joe Barry tell them to play off? The answer has been answered. The question has been answered. No. In fact, he wanted them to play more aggressively. So everybody wanted that. Joe Barry wanted that. Matt LaFleur wanted that. Now we have that answer officially. Here's my issue. One of the biggest, if you, you probably don't have to be a parent to, to understand this, but it's, it's very apparent, as apparent, how often this happens and how freaking annoying it is. Have you ever had a situation where you are constantly getting after somebody about the same issue over and over and over again, and every time they always seem to have an excuse? Every single time. My issue has far less to do with this one specific instance of miscommunication. My issue is... Because, again, this, what's the excuse this time? Oh, well, the guy on the far side didn't get the call, and we couldn't yell it to him, and I couldn't radio it down to him. And so he made the mistake and didn't understand, you know, you know he should have been smarter and understood he needed to get up closer. In, in, in a single situation, you look at that and go, okay, I get it. This has been all the time... Over and over and over, and every single time there's another excuse. And this is the, this is no different than you know Matt Lafleur with uh, why isn't Aaron Jones getting the ball? Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. No, I'm asking you. Well, you know, uh, there's always a re there's always something. We'll get them next time. We'll get it. No, you won't. No, you won't. This this isn't a single issue. This is the same thing over and over and over again. Well, this time it was because that guy didn't get the call and. You know, that time, well, it was just a miscommunication. You know, he was supposed to go this way and he went that way. And well, the, the, on this particular instance, like this was the mistake. And on this particular instance, this was the situation. And, you know, I got to make sure that we coach him. But, you know, it's always that we'll get them next time mentality. Yeah, you know, I got to get in there and make sure they know. And I got to make sure that these guys understand. And I got to make sure that this guy gets the ball. And we got to find ways to get this guy. And we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to. Here, here, here's my question. Why is it always the Green Bay Packers that seem to have this issue that just is sort of a broad general problem? Because the way you describe it, it sounds like this should be a problem that plagues all 32 teams. But it's not. Maybe occasionally, but I don't think it's all 32 teams that are constantly having this one particular issue, right? Now, before it was, well, Jair is choosing to play off. And then, well, sometimes it's these guys don't get the call. And, bro... Every single time. And, and, and if it's not the playing too far off issue, it's a different issue with a different excuse and something else that needs to be corrected. Well, we just got to correct that. Well, we just got to figure, you know, and it's always just, I mean, how many times do I have to sit here and just go, oh, okay, all right, yeah, they'll fix it, knowing full well it's not going to get fixed. I know this isn't going to get fixed. Do you think it's going to get fixed? Does anybody believe that this is going to be a good defense this year? How about next year? Does anybody believe that? Does anybody actually believe that if we get better players, that it's going to get better? We got Jair Alexander, who was the number one corner in all of football, right? And these similar issues are happening to him. Kenny Clark was a premier defensive tackle. And look at where we're at now over the last several years. Rashawn Gary, premier edge rusher. What, 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 where's that getting us? What, what kind of mistakes are we seeing? Same things. There, there's there's mistake no matter what. We get Quay Walker. Well, he's got to, we got to coach him up. We got to, it's, it's the same thing. Over, there's always just, we, we just, we don't get the job done. 
And it's just a it's just a coachable moment. We just, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. No, bull crap. It's one of those things for us. There are other teams out there, believe it or not, that don't accept that as an excuse. I, I'm sorry, like I, I get it in this one simple situation. I, I completely understand, right? It was just a miscommunication with a young guy, whatever. How many more times do I have to accept this? How many more? We, we Again, we rank 28th on defense via DVOA. Do you really expect me to just sit here and go, well, I'm sure there's a good reason. Well, you know, these things happen, you know. To err is human, Joe. <laughs> you know, that's just how it goes there, boys. Nobody's perfect. I, uh, we'll get them next time. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, you... You just got to coach them up and uh, got to do a better job of making sure we get in there and got to just got to get them, you know, we got to. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Freaking whatever. Which, by the way, that's that's how it comes to yeah, parenting is the same way too. at some point. It's like, screw it. Whatever. I don't care anymore. I'm tired of freaking begging you. I'm tired of chastising you. I'm tired of punishing you. Just ruin your own. Just just screw it. Just do whatever you want. I don't care. Go ahead, eat it. Eat the candy. Eat the freaking candy. I'm 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 over it, dude. Don't actually do that as a parent. I'm just saying, like, that's the impulse. At some point, you're just like, you know what? Just just fine. Just fine. You're right. It's impossible for you to do the right thing. You're right. You're you're a hundred percent right. There is no scenario in which you could have done the things that you were supposed to do and not do the things you were not supposed to do. A hundred percent right. This whole situation of just not being good at stuff is just one big misunderstanding. It's just one big like, <laughs> it's fine. It's just, it's just a thing that happens. Everybody's 28th right now. Nobody can stop the run. Like it's just, it's, it's like everybody miscommunicates and makes mistakes. And you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just how it goes. Nobody really understands how to play defense because nobody knows how to coach guys how to play defense. You know what I mean? There's, there's, it's just, this is just how it goes. Okay. So just calm down, which I'll be honest. That's, that's exactly the tact I'm going to take for the rest of the year. It it just is what it is. And I, I kind of had that all year. Anyways, my interest is what is this offense? I know what the defense is. I don't expect the defense to get better. Why would I expect the defense to get better? It's been what it's been. And now we add a bunch of injuries. Like, what are we going to be fourth? Like, get out of here. So, I mean, that's, that's just, it is what it is, man. So that that is going to be my approach to things. Just eh, whatever. I, I I don't have any expectations. You're right. You're right. I under I I fully expected that situation to take place. I I fully expected. Yeah. I mean, again, it wasn't just you know the the Keyshawn Nixon thing. What happened? Well, he was looking into the backfield and he made a mistake and he shouldn't have been. Yeah. I guess that sucks. Oh well. Right. It's just how it goes. That happens to everybody. That happens to the 49ers all the time. They got these subpar corners that just constantly make mistakes and give up big plays all the time. Happens to the Ravens. Happens to everybody. Happens to all the top 10 defenses. I'm kidding. Obviously, it doesn't happen to the top 10 defenses because they all have elite corners. Every single one of them. It's just 90s for all of them. There are 30 corners with 90 coverage grades, and they're all in the top 10 defenses. And none of them ever make mistakes. And that's why they never lose. That's why they never have those situations where in critical game-winning situations they give up these big plays. You know, the, the mistakes only seem to be happening to the Packers, which is fine. It's, it's no big deal. I mean, consistently. And we should just accept it. That's just how it goes. It's no big deal, man. Like, what are you getting all worked up about? Like, it was just a mistake. Like, it was just one mistake. 
followed by another mistake, followed by another mistake, followed by another mistake, followed by another mistake, which led to them kicking a field goal and winning the game. Like, I don't know what you're getting all worked up about, bro. These things happen. Like, what do you, what do you, what, what, what do you want in this life? Really? What do you want to be like? Good. You like one of those people that like aspires to things as opposed to just experiencing happiness. Like, can't you just be happy that there are Packers players out there having fun? I mean, whatever, like maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't. Maybe, maybe they'll get better. Maybe they won't like guys make mistakes. If you, if you haven't picked up on the sarcasm, I'm laying it on pretty thick, but this is how I feel like they answer questions. This is the tone that I'm hearing. Like, oh, you know, it's just one of those things and it's not a big deal. We just, you just got to clean it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, First of all, bull crap, bull crap answer. Second of all, bull crap that it's actually going to get cleaned up. You know, it's not going to get cleaned up. I know it's not going to get, everybody knows it's not going to get cleaned up. Nobody on planet earth expects the Packers to just burst onto the scene. Like, oh yeah, we're going to be guaranteed next year. Top five. Anybody think that? With Joe Barry at, at the helm and the same, you know, roughly the same players. Say, I don't, I, screw it. All new players. Are we going to be top five? Nope. Nope. Not going to be. So freaking tired of it. Every time you just want an honest answer. It's not, I shouldn't even say an honest answer because it was, it was, it, it was honest, I guess. Right? This is what happened. It's, it's the freaking tone. I hate the tone. It was honest. Carrington Valentine made a mistake. The call didn't get, which it wasn't just Carrington Valentine. The call not getting to him is a process mistake. Everybody should know the call and everybody should know how to react to the call. And everybody that doesn't get the call needs to have the situational awareness to understand things. So there's two breakdowns here. Number one is getting the call to everybody on the field. And I don't know where that breakdown occurred. I, I, you know, if, if, uh, Devondre Campbell got it, why didn't it get to Carrington? And if, why isn't there a process to make sure that the people that, you know, if, if Carrington is the one guy we can't communicate to and say, hey, scoot up a little bit, that guy should be the first one to get the call. Or we could have something in which, you know, because you see how players communicate all the time. Why didn't anybody, the 10 other players, look at Carrington and say, hey, move up, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's a whole lot of things that went wrong aside from just the one thing. Yes, there, there is a, a misunderstanding by a young player. You know, I, it's, it's, it's a young guy not having the, the thought of situational awareness that I should probably be up here. And, you know, especially when you don't get the call, you can kind of understand his thought process of, I'm going to play it safe. It's better to get scolded for giving up eight yards than getting scolded for running the wrong thing and giving up 40. Now I'm sounding like Joe Barry, but I'm just saying. Self-preservation. Even if you're in your head, you're thinking, you know, situationally, I should probably be up. I'm more worried about the call being stay back and me being up and getting burned behind me. In which case, the part in which he didn't get the call communicated to him, number one, and number two, the call not being communicated after the call already went out, nobody saying anything to him about, hey, get up there. These are all issues. But I guess we all have to just sit around and go, well, it happens. Well, yeah, to us it does a lot. And I guess we just shrug and go, go you know, that's okay, bud. You'll get them next time. Does Joe Barry give out game balls to all his players too? Do we all get stickers for our performance even after we lose because there really are no losers? I, whatever. So that just in general, that's my issue, right? And I understand there's a, a disconnect between how they talk and how they act and all those things behind the scenes and what they say to the media. And, and just generally saying, I'm going to give you the rosy version because I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus publicly 
and maybe he just ripped him a new one behind the scenes. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? Because there's a problem, and they don't know how to fix it, and it's not going to get fixed. That's what matters. That's what we know for a fact. There's going to be another problem, and that's going to be followed by another excuse, and then they're going to either fix it or not fix it, which is going to be followed by another new problem, or probably the same problem, which is going to be followed by another excuse, which is essentially just explaining what happened. What happened? Well, this is why it went wrong. Like, am I supposed to just be like, oh, that's fine. I just... Oh, my Lord. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Remember? That's that's the thing. I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. I have no expectations. I don't expect anything to be fixed. Anyways, let's take our final break. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So I figured to kind of piggyback off that, we should talk about the um, the Rams' historic collapse to the Raiders. And the only reason I want to bring it up is because I have a feeling there's going to be some comments made. Um, and I figured I'll get out in front of it and give my thoughts. Pretty amazing for a team to score zero points one week and then nearly break the NFL scoring record the very next week. I would assume it is um, perhaps the largest differential between two weeks, not including bye weeks. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, the the bigger thing is the head coach, Brandon Staley, is very possibly very likely to be fired. Um, Well, I, I, I guess the more accurate thing to say is he's very likely to be fired this week. He's almost certainly going to be fired this year. That, I think, will raise questions about potentially having him come over as defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people are fed up, obviously, with Joe Barry and are going to be looking for answers elsewhere. Um, Brandon Staley, obviously, was not a great head coach, but got the job as a head coach because of what he did as a defensive coordinator. Taking a little bit more time to look into it, um, I'm not sure I love it. I think the assumption is he was a fantastic defensive coordinator, which is the reason he got his job. The The problem is he was the defensive coordinator of a good defense for a year. That's a better way to phrase it. 
He was the defensive coordinator that presided over the 2020 Rams, who had the arguably best defense in all of football. As a result of that, he got hired in 2021 by the Chargers to be the head coach. Red flag number one is that in 2021, after he got hired away to be the head coach of the Chargers, the Rams still, via um, PFF, had the number one defense in football, ranked third via DVOA. So if Staley's good enough, why don't we just hire Raheem Morris? Because Raheem Morris was the defensive coordinator for the Rams in 2021 when they were the number one defense in football. Well, maybe it has to do with the fact that right now, the Rams under Raheem Morris rank 27th. Here's my point. I don't know that the Rams wouldn't be 27th right now with Staley, and if Staley would not, not, on, not only would he not be a head coach, he wouldn't be the defensive coordinator anymore. So I, don't, I, I, I have no reason to attribute the success of a team for one year. I mean, a defensive coordinator is not going to come in and make you the number one defense just in a year, generally speaking, especially when that defense's defense was already quite good. In 2019, the year before he took over, they were sixth. So how much credit am I supposed to give him? And then you try to look at his other contributions. Well, prior to being the Rams defensive coordinator in 2020, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is that he's a fast riser. He never stays anywhere. I mean, he was a graduate assistant in 2008, and he just shot up like a rocket from there. Defensive line coach for St. Thomas in Minnesota in 2009 for one year. Then he got associate head coaching job and defensive coordinator for Hutchinson. Small school, but he's already an assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. He did that for two years. Then he went back and uh, was a graduate assistant, but for Tennessee, a big program. Then he gets defensive coordinator, secondary coach for John Carroll. Then defensive coordinator for James Madison. Then defensive coordinator for John Carroll. A lot of Carroll. Then just a straight shot to the Chicago Bears. <laughs> like... 2015-2016, he's at John Carroll as the defensive coordinator, and then he shoots up to outside linebackers coach for Chicago. I don't know how he does that, but he did that. I don't know how his name got out there. I have no idea, but he just takes a beeline. Then, he, so he's there for two years in Chicago, 2017-2018. Are the edge rushers good? Yes. It's because it's Khalil freaking Mack. What did he teach Khalil Mack? Was it roughly nothing? Sorry if the guy from John Carroll can't necessarily teach Khalil Mack a ton. Then he goes to outside linebackers coach for the Denver Broncos in 2019. One year. Well, were they good? Yeah, dude. Von Miller's real good. He was always good. It ain't Brandon Staley. Other than that, they had Malik Reed, who was a mediocre pass rusher. Then again, defensive coordinator for one year and then head coach. I mean... It's freaking crazy. 2013, he's at John, excuse me, at 2016, he's at John Carroll. And by 2021, he's head coach of an NFL football team. I just don't understand that. And he never accomplished anything anywhere. He must just be the biggest genius on planet Earth, along with being the most likable guy. And, and, and maybe for those reasons, he'd be a great defensive coordinator. I'm just saying, I'm looking at it and it's like, I, I don't know what to do with this. He did preside, preside over the number one defense, and, and there is something to that. If you're a terrible play caller, as we've established, you're not going to do a very good job, even if you've got some good players. 
And maybe that's good enough. Maybe you can look at it and say, hey, at least he can get the best out of the guys that he has, right? Maybe he's not going to uh, make, you know, water into wine or anything. But if you give him some pieces, he can make it work. Well, good, because we got some pieces. Or maybe they were going to be the number one defense pretty much no matter what. I have no idea, but I am certainly not... um, I'm not going to read too much into the 2020 Rams and start doing backflips. It's it's an option, but it's sort of a mediocre option for me. Did want to dig in a little bit on running backs. I got started on it, but um, it is getting very late for me. And um, I want to do a pretty thorough job of this, and I just have no motivation <laughs> to be thorough right now. So I'm actually going to call it right now, and uh, I'm going to hit it. But you guys have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.